Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me, and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Today on the podcast, I am going to have a conversation with my husband, Brent, and we're going to make history because, Brent, you're the first man on this Women's Ministry podcast. So welcome. I don't know if I should be honored or insulted. No, you should be honored. Okay. So we're just going to talk a little bit about money. I asked some women about topics they wanted to hear about for parenting podcasts, and money was a big one. So you are the money guy. Introduce yourself. Tell us why you're qualified to talk about this. And we're going to talk about money and related to like children and um, teaching them about money. So why are you qualified? Tell us who you are and tell us why you're qualified. My name is Brent and I'm Tori's husband. And I don't really know if I am qualified other than um, we had four children. and Still have four children. We do. Mm-hmm. and uh, worked hard to teach them about money. When I was a kid, I was fascinating, uh, fascinated with investments, and it was always really interesting to me to see how um, money would multiply. And as I grew up, um, that's really been probably the biggest part of my working life for these last 30 years or so. And what and do you so, do? Uh, I'm a real estate investor. Hmm. What does that mean? I invest in real estate. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That clears that up. Okay. So um, what does the Bible have to say about how we interact with money? So I think um, God and Jesus... um, since they talked a lot about money in the Bible, I think they think it's important. And so I believe there's a fundamental connection between a person's spiritual condition and how he thinks about money. And, you know, what's the verse uh, for where your money is, your heart? Will be also. Yeah. Where your treasure is, Where your treasure Where is. Where your treasure Thank is. Thank you. Your heart See, will you also. Before we started, I asked you if I should prep, and you said, yeah. no, just go for it. <laughs> and so this, that's we can just do this right that's off the right. cuff. Yeah. That's right. So um, Jesus, particularly in the New Testament, or in the New Testament, Jesus. Since he was only in the New Testament. Is, right. Yep. So he almost... Uh, a tremendous number of his parables talked about money. Hmm. And so, and we're going to talk about a few of those parables today. Mm-hmm. Great. So tell me what you think being a good steward of your money means. You hear that all the time, being a good steward of your money. Um, when we talk about it, like in terms of spiritual responsibility, what's that mean? In a lot of ways, our time here on this earth is so we can prepare and so we can learn um, how to be part of God's family in heaven. And so I think a lot of times on this earth um, is in preparation. And so... So, but I don't think we'll be using a lot of money in heaven, will we? 
Why not? Well, I don't know. I just didn't think money was kind of part of heaven. So, um, I think that God created the world, and I think money was uh, part of culture from the very beginning, and it wouldn't surprise me if there was some medium of exchange in heaven. Oh, so we're preparing for that now. Yes. So, more so, we're preparing how to be a good investor and how to be a good steward of money. And so, probably um, one of my favorite passages is in Matthew 6. Can Mm -hmm. Can I read it? Please. And so um, Jesus is talking um, about the kingdom of God, and he says, Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's that verse, by the way, that it is. talked and about. And what exactly is vermin? So mice. Mice. And rats. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Snakes. All kinds of nasty wow. vermin. Okay. Um, but um, the key thing about that passage is Jesus tells us, hey, don't store up for yourselves stuff on earth, but do store up for yourselves things in heaven. Hmm. How do we do that? Yes. And so I think that's the fundamental. You asked the question, um, how do we be good stewards? Yeah. How do we be, how are we good stewards? And I think we have to learn to invest in heaven or invest in the kingdom of God is how I would call it. That seems very nebulous when people say that. Yes. What does that mean? So um, we know that there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of earth and there's a kingdom of heaven. So there's like a parallel universe Hmm. um, right now. So right now we live here on earth, but there's a whole nother kingdom that's going Hmm. on. It's almost like Stranger Things. Yes, exactly. It's like... better. uh, Yeah, or... Way better. Yeah, or... No, like a reverse matrix or something. Oh, but wow. Yeah. So is this supposed to be spiritually sound? Should yes, I should I it's so, supposed to be so I shouldn't sound. I shouldn't go no, way off nope. uh, into left nope. field. Spiritually sound is the key. And yes. talk about reverse matrixes right, or right. something okay, like that. Okay, so parallel kingdom. Okay. So um, there is the tangible, um, what we can see, touch and feel. Okay. And there's the intangible or the spiritual and it's the place that um, that God says, hey, we want the kingdom of heaven to capture your heart. And so we know that as believers, there's this whole other kingdom that's going on hmm. where people are interacting with God and interacting with spiritual things. And we're supposed to use this world's wealth to make that kingdom attractive to mm-hmm. the people here on this earth. Yeah. Agreed. So that's what investing in the kingdom means, investing in things that are important to God here? Yes. Okay. So, uh, so we all know that there's going to be a life after this one. Okay. And that life is the kingdom of heaven. Okay. And so how do we use things on this earth to prepare ourselves and to prepare others for an eternity with or without okay, God? Okay, give me an example of that. 
Well, so I think the church would be an excellent example of that. We know that the church is an instrumental part of the kingdom of heaven. The Bible tells us that uh, the church is the bride of Christ and that at the end times um, will be this wonderful marriage ceremony between Jesus and the church where they're going to be married and for all time the church and Christ will be united in heaven. Okay. And so we know that the church is the vehicle to implement the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. Okay. So how does it do that? Well, it disciples, it evangelizes, it reaches the poor and the needy, it does all, it preaches the gospel. And so all of these things that I just mentioned are investing in the kingdom. Hmm. So, um, so if we're preaching the gospel, we're investing in the kingdom. Absolutely. If we are giving money towards missions, we're investing in the kingdom. Absolutely. If we're taking care of the poor and needy, we're investing in the kingdom. Yes. All of those things that are real life things are actually investments in the alternate universe. Correct. Hmm. I don't know if I should have said alternate universe. Yeah. That sounds a little odd. Yeah. Well, you know, I think they get the gist. So let's go to the parenting part of money management. So um, tell me, and I can kind of help with this maybe, in what ways did you help our kids to understand the value of money when they were young? One thing I remember you doing is uh, when one of them asked if they could open a bank account, you laid out some money and made them count it to see if they actually knew the value. Mm, yeah. Tell me about that. Well, when they were really young, um, I wanted them to actually understand what the different little shiny objects were. Huh. And so I grabbed a handful of change and some dollar bills. Mm -hmm. And then I essentially taught them what a dime was. Mm -hmm. And so two dimes and nickel, it's a quarter mm -hmm. and what a quarter is. And so I feel a little bit sorry for today's kids because they mm -hmm. hardly interact with money, with, with something real and mm -hmm. tangible. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, that's a real bummer mm -hmm. because money is already fairly intangible mm -hmm. and because everybody pays for things, you know, with a card mm -hmm. through the ACH system. They even have like monopoly games with just, you can like run your card through yeah. in the game That's and really... then it adds it for you. I would That's think, pretty sad. Yeah, I would think it's harder to teach small children about money without them having some little shiny yeah. uh, objects and paper objects. So I taught them, you know, four quarters equals a dollar and five dollars equals a five dollar bill. And I wanted them to understand, you know, probably when they were, I don't know, five? Maybe um, even Yeah, four or five. Mm -hmm. uh, and wanted them to understand what that whole... Uh, all mm -hmm. those little objects yeah. were and pennies and nickels and dollars. They were pretty fascinating. Remember how much they liked that play money that your mom gave them? They had I, a lot of play money. I think all children have some fascination with money and with the actual little pieces of uh -huh. little hard disks. Yeah. Um, and the idea that you can exchange those for fun things yeah. like candy yeah. And food and toys and yeah. things that are interesting to little kids. Yeah. I mean, we still do some of that, I think, with kids, like Tooth Fairy and putting money in their stockings. Know. I don't know. Maybe not. I really hope 
that today's parents are not like sticking five dollars electronically yeah. in the kid's PayPal right. account or yeah. you know whatever's done. Yeah. Did I yeah. just date myself? Does anybody use yeah, PayPal probably anymore? Probably not. Okay. Probably they've been sued. I think I, for a few things. I hope they don't. You know, like have a prepaid Visa card yeah, or something I don't know. that the tooth, I don't know that they you know the tooth fairy puts under their pillow because yeah, that would be a real bummer. That would be a bummer, and that wouldn't be very real to them. Yes. So. Tell me about, um, like, when they wanted to get a bank account. So you made them do that, and then you'd go to the bank with them, right? And then they would sign on. Yeah. Why so, did you do Why did you let them have a bank account so early? I can't remember. Is it because we wanted them to learn to yeah. To value so, saving? And, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the whole philosophy. Okay. So somebody can't learn about money unless they have some mm-hmm. and they interact with it. Yeah, so talk about the allowance. Somebody asked on our Facebook page um, about when and how to give kids allowance. Yeah, so with allowance, you want to make sure that it's enough where it's significant for the child and so the child has to make choices with their allowance. What we did is we said, hey, there's certain things that you have to do, like clean your room and help clean the kitchen and clean up the toys that are just part of being a Havercamp. Uh-huh. And so there's certain things that we do that are just part of being a Havercamp. Mm-hmm. But also part of being a Havercamp was getting an allowance. And the main reason that we gave our kids an allowance is I wanted them to interact with money. And so I wanted them to make choices with money. So what happens when you have a significant amount of money that, you know, $50 that builds up in your little piggy bank? Well, what should you do with it? Well, you should open a bank account. Mm -hmm. What else should you do with money? Well, you should give. Mm -hmm. And so we use that to help teach our children how to give out of money. Also, when you have some money and you want some things, then you have to make choices about how to spend. And so those are the things that all of us as fully functioning adults, we have to make choices about our money. Are we gonna give? How are we gonna spend? And how are we gonna save? And so you want to give your child enough dollars that they have to make all three of those decisions. So would you say it's more valuable for, like, we had to take our kids to a store if they wanted to get something, and they actually handed the money to a cashier. Is that more valuable than buying something on Amazon and, and I, yeah, I having it, them give you the money? Yeah, I think it was easier, you know what I mean, to give your kid whatever it was, $5 a week, mm-hmm. and have them have those dollars and take those dollars to the store and take those dollars to a bank. Mm-hmm. So I think you can still do the things, um, you know, with Amazon and mm-hmm. whatever, but you're going to have to be more intentional mm-hmm. um, about it. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really matter whether it's $5 in an account somewhere or $5 sitting on their desk, mm-hmm. as long as they understand that money has meaning, mm-hmm. then I think it's okay. So what are some mistakes that maybe we even made? What are some mistakes that parents make? or maybe even demonstrate when teaching their kids about money? Yeah. So I think the biggest one is they don't 
allow their kids to make mistakes with money. Hmm. And so... What they do? What's that look like? Yeah, so either um, they... uh, You can always try to give your kids advice, but I think probably the most important thing is for them to make mistakes with money. And so, for instance, if they're going to waste, you know, four weeks of allowance on some toy that they're never going to play with, Mm -hmm. that lesson will stick with them way longer than a parent telling their child, hey, that's probably not a very Mm. good investment. Can you think of anything our kids did? All of our kids were super tight. Yeah. And um, so... I think lots of times our kids would buy the cheapest mm. of something mm. and then they'd get it and they would be disappointed in it. Mm. And so that would be a good lesson to say, hey, um, buying the cheapest of something isn't always the best. Mm. Um, also, um, you know, we always tried to teach our kids how to give with the money they earned and the money that they got for allowances mm-hmm. and the money that they got for gifts. But it's, it's a very careful thing, right? Because um, lots of times a kid will want rules um, on how to give. Lots of times an adult will want rules mm-hmm. on how to give. And Jesus was really clear. You know, he said, hey, it's a matter of your heart. Now I'm going to give you some guidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to talk about tithing and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so we would try to have our kids understand that. But most of all, we wanted them to learn, okay, what does it mean to be generous? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Does that mean we give it all? Um, or does that mean we give a portion? And how do we do that? And so we would always say, hey, um, on the giving thing, so, oh, you give first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So don't wait until you do everything. Don't wait until you save and when you spend and then see what's left over uh-huh. when you give. But right when you get some money, then you give right away. Yeah, Yeah. you lay it aside Mm -hmm. and you give first. Mm -hmm. And so that's the principle of the first fruits where you give to God the very best and the the first of what you're giving. And so then we always try to say, okay, some of this you're going to save. You know what I mean? And so saving is a very biblical concept where we're going to save for the future. And so mm-hmm. we're going to save some um, off of all the money that we get. And we would try to teach those principles. Okay. So let's say you have a child like me who's not yes. very interested in financial matter. Yes. Um, how, can, how can you make it interesting to them? Yeah. That's why I have you because you made it interesting to the kids. I couldn't have done that. Yeah. Just connect it to something that the child's interested in. And so something that the child can buy at a store or give to another person, Mm. uh, whatever the child, maybe you were interested in kittens and or kitten toys or kitten houses (laughs) or, you know, some, some animal clothes. Yeah. Kitten clothes. Okay. And so, so let's say it's kitten clothes. Like clothes that I would wear with kittens on them. No, I'm thinking clothes that you would somehow conjure up out of various, you know, fabrics and make them, you know, like a hat for a cat. Oh, (laughs) okay. A cat and a hat. Okay, great. Um, Do your listeners know all these things about you? Um, Probably not. Yeah. I'm probably going to cut that, so So, keep going. So, um, you know, you would go, whatever it is that you're interested in, Uh you would take the money and you would connect it to that okay. to show 
how the money has value and how the money has meaning. You also, we also did, and I wasn't a huge participant in it, but you played a lot of games that dealt with money, like Monopoly. Yes. Became a favorite. Yes, mostly because I really like Monopoly, Mm -hmm. and I do think that Monopoly is the best game in the world. And you can teach money concepts. And I think it teaches how to negotiate and how to get along and how to make deals and how to be an investor. And I think all those things are super important. So, yeah, my family is a huge Monopoly player, and I'm sure there's some other games uh-huh. that can right. accomplish the same thing, but yeah. how could it be as good as Monopoly? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Okay, so the kids are older now. They're yes. all in their 20s. And um, what, are your, what are some things you've done as they have gotten older, like so, lately, to teach can, them about saving and investing? Can we talk about contracts first? Sure. It so I have a question here about contracts. You're a contract guy, and people always think it's strange that we make contracts with our yeah. children. And when I try to explain it, it never sounds very exciting. So yes. can you make contracts sound like something that's yep. necessary? So... Um, uh, life is full of contracts. When you go and sign up for cell phone service, mm-hmm. it involves a contract. And it has what um, the one person's side, um, what their obligations are, and it has what your obligations are. I'm going to spend so much money and I'm going to get such and such of a service. When you um, buy a car, yeah, there's a contract. Mm-hmm. When you open a bank account, there's a contract. When you rent an apartment, there's a contract. And so life is full of contracts. And so I tried to use those whenever I could as a dad. Give me an example. And so if um, uh, I was to, um, if I was going to have one of my kids mow the lawn for the summer. Okay. Okay. I would say, okay, I'm going to give you $35 a time. Um, to mow the lawn and but your responsibility is okay you have to mow it every week Uh you have to pick up the sticks you have to trim and you have to wash the mower and it's only after all four of these things are done that you're going to get paid your $35. So they can't ever say no I didn't know that. Right and so what happens is if it's not written down people tend to misinterpret. So Mm -hmm. if the child um, is done with three of the four, everything's done except for the washing of the lawnmower, and their friends come over and they want to play, and they go and play, and they say, Dad, where's my $35? I'd say, oh, I don't owe you $35 because you didn't complete the job. And that's how life works. And so not only did you do contracts, but our children had to bid for the contracts to get them. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorite stories. And so where um, whatever price I was paying to mow the lawn Uh was clearly too much. Okay. because I had multiple children um, wanting to mow the lawn for the thirty five dollars or whatever it was. And so at that point, I knew I had the opportunity to teach another valuable lesson. And so I had all the children that wanted to mow the lawn that summer submit sealed bids. And where I would award mm-hmm. um, the bid that I thought would do the and best job. it was job. serious business. They were serious about it. They were serious business. And I was able to teach them about collusion mm-hmm. um, because they tried to get, come together and... 
um, combine to do a high bid, which is actually against or a law. Or two against one, yes. Right, mm-hmm. and so you can't collude mm-hmm. um, when you're bidding on a contract. Mm-hmm. And so they actually did it for significantly less than what I was offering, and it was a great lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did contracts with all of our kids around college. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I said, okay, I'm going to pay for this much of college, and that's my responsibility, and here's your responsibility. And your responsibility is that you have to have a GPA of such and such. You have to be a full-time student. And I put all kinds of things in there. I said, you can't go into debt without Mm -hmm. letting Mm -hmm. me know. Um, If you get married, um, the contract's over. And... It allowed me, it allowed them to understand what my responsibilities were and what their mm-hmm. responsibilities were. Yeah. Could you even do a contract with a younger child about, well, maybe like a job, maybe not mowing the lawn, yeah. maybe saying, maybe. you know, uh, cleaning the house or something, cleaning your room? Yeah. I mean, you certainly could. You could do a contract around the allowance and what. What responsibilities are there that have to be completed uh-huh. um, for them in order to earn their allowance? If you wanna, if you wanna work it like that, and so uh-huh. obviously the child has to be able to read and comprehend, and but once they can do that, I don't know if uh-huh. that's seven or eight or uh-huh. whenever it is, then certainly you can uh-huh. do that. And so I believe uh, uh, written communication is an excellent way to teach the child what it means to function in the adult world right and you always would check them like check the job oh yeah and we always said you can't expect what you don't inspect so Mm -hmm. you'd always go around you wouldn't just give them the money you'd inspect them to make sure the job was actually done according to the contract yeah okay well we um are mostly talking to primarily Probably to parents of young children. Yeah. But just give me a little insight into what you've done for our kids as they've gotten older to teach them about using their money wisely and investing. Yeah. Well, this last year, I came to the realization that um, if God continues to bless, that likely our, our children will have significant money at some point in their life, likely through an inheritance or something and it struck me that they may not have any skills to learn how to deal with that, predominantly how to be a good giver, or mm-hmm. like we talked about before, how to be a good investor mm-hmm. in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so I heard this idea from my friend Steve Henry, and but he talked about involving the children, his children, in making their giving decisions. Hmm. And so I created a fund and then I invited my children to help me give away this particular sum of money. And so in anticipation of that, I had them all write out what they thought was important to give to and why. And it was a really fun process. And they would say, well, Dad, is it is it important to give all this money right away? Or how do you decide what makes a good investment in the kingdom? And is this a good investment or is this a good investment? 
Um, we talked about things like, um, uh, is it important to be personally involved in what you give money to? Um, do you only give money to um, Christian organizations or do you give to all organizations? How should you balance your giving between giving to the church and giving to other organizations? And how about the community? How does that fit into your um, giving thoughts? And so the children and I were able to interact around giving what for them is a substantial sum of money. And I was able to teach them or help the, start them on the path to thinking about what does it mean to be a good investor. In Couldn't the you even do that? We could have done that even with our kids when they were younger with smaller amounts and things that were more um, literal to them, yeah. you know, like a family in their school or something like that. Yeah. We, we could have started that yeah. with them when they were younger. And I think a lot of kids, you know, most of our kids would give predominantly to the church. Right. And, right. you know, we could have done a lot better job with, you know, kind of exposing them to the universe of giving. Huh. And so what yeah. does it mean to give to a yeah. poor person? Right. How would you do that? Right. Um, and what does it mean to give to the poor and the needy? And, you know, we certainly expose them to that through Cornerstone, but we didn't expose them to do that directly. Uh -huh. That would have been a good yeah. thing. And so that would be something I would probably encourage parents to do um, today. So um, you've talked about a few resources. Are there anything like books or podcasts or any anything you want to mention to help parents um, learn to teach their children about money? And we can link them to the podcast at the end also. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, first of all, um, you know, you and I are going through this parenting class uh, at church. Uh -huh. And, you know, the, the main idea is to how do you shepherd a child's heart. Uh -huh. And so um, I would encourage all parents to try to get to the heart of an issue. Um, what does it mean to be selfish or what does it mean uh -huh. to be generous? Yeah, that's good. Um, and, try to, and try to give them enough money where they have opportunities to be selfish so you can teach them what it means and they have opportunities to be generous. Uh -huh. Um, and so, but, um, like we're learning, uh, it's very difficult to teach something that you aren't yourself. Uh -huh. And so I guess the first thing I would do is I would encourage all parents to say, okay, um, are you generous? Huh. Um, do what if you... parents want to learn more about money? Yeah. Almost anything Randy Alcorn writes is super good and so he wrote just this little book called the treasure principle uh -huh. um, which is wonderful and then um, there's another bigger book if they're interested it's uh, managing god's money by randy alcorn it's not very big it's just a little bigger yeah and then there's a big book that's called do you remember what it's called uh, money possessions in the kingdom eternity? of God. Yeah, money, money possessions, possessions in eternity. eternity. I think we'll have to look it up and link it. Yeah, and so almost anything Randy Alcorn uh, has written, I think, is is huh. super excellent. Great. All right. Is there anything that you would like to suggest? Any other book or article? Or you done? Just play Monopoly with your kids. Mm, good advice. Okay, well, you know what? Usually we end these with a prayer, and so I'm going to let you pray. Um, 
kind of break the mold. And why don't you just pray for parents who are listening that really, really want to honor God with their money? Yeah. God, money is something that you talk about so much in Scripture. And God, we know that a person's spiritual condition um, and how they interact with money are directly linked. You know, we saw so many times in Scripture from Zacchaeus when he um, understood who you were, said, oh, God, uh, how I've been acting about money is wrong and how Jesus, uh, when the rich young ruler uh, asked him, God, what does it mean? to I want to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he says, oh, you have to go and sell everything you ha- half of what you have because he knew that the heart of the rich young ruler was so atta- attracted to money. And God, first of all, I want to pray for parents, God, that they would understand what it is to be generous and what it is to be selfish. And God, what it is to be able to have the type of open communication in their household where they can be transparent uh, with their kids about money. And God, I pray that just like Deuteronomy 6 teaches us that we can teach from the one generation to the next. And God, this culture is one that is saturated with materialness. Um, And God, I just pray that uh, we would learn how important it is to invest in the kingdom of heaven, to send that money on ahead of us so that we can do what is eternal with our dollars and not do what is temporal. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being the very first man on this Walk With Me podcast. I think this will help a lot of people. You're very welcome. All right. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?